I'm Lisa Bryant. I'm Leanne Gibbs. And I'm Liam McNicholas. And this is the Early Education Show. A fortnightly look at the policy, politics and practice of Australia's early education sector. Like the rest of Australia, the early education sector has had to significantly change the way we operate over the last two months. A lot of this time has been spent worrying about funding and financial security, but it's also opened up opportunities for experimenting with new ways of working. This episode, we wanted to turn the conversation back to children and educators and hear from early education professionals about how children are responding to these changes. Shortly, you'll hear a conversation with six people from the team I get to work with at Northside Community Service, discussing the operational changes we've made and some of the unexpected results. That conversation is facilitated by the fantastic Beth McGregor, who I'm joined with now for an introduction to that chat. Hello, Beth. Liam, it's nice to be here with you. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Now, due to the magic of editing, we've just had that amazing conversation with the That's educators. That's true. It's like time travel. <laughs> it is like time travel. But um, look, the, the listeners should be very familiar to you. We, you recorded a couple of fantastic episodes uh, a couple of years ago. But just really quickly, do you want to give to those who are mad enough to have not heard from you before, Beth, just a really quick intro to who you are and what you do? Oh, Liam. Um, hi. Uh, so, hello, everyone. My name is Beth McGregor. I am a psychologist and I work as a consultant to uh, professionals in the early learning space as well as in the child protection and child wellbeing space. I provide training and and ongoing support and supervision uh, development for professionals. That's my role. My strong interest is in children's social and emotional well-being and how the you know really really important role that both parents but also early childhood professionals play in strengthening and supporting uh, children's social and emotional well-being. And as you know, I have had the great pleasure and privilege of working closely with Northside for quite a few years now. The pleasure is entirely ours, Beth, and we it, it has you know your your work has dramatically changed the way we do things in Northside, which is one of the reasons we wanted to get you in for this chat. So I think, you know, for the podcast for the last few episodes, we've been really focused on some of the nitty gritty around the policies and the funding and the advocacy. And of course, that stuff's really important. But for me, I I kind of wanted to hear the voices of educators again, particularly because working at Northside, I know how incredibly hard they are working and the work they're doing with children and families. So this discussion is kind of around uh, a very specific example of the service, the services I work with. We've made a number of changes that I think we assumed would be difficult, but have had actually really unexpectedly positive changes. Um, and you know, without spoiling too much of the discussion, um, you know, have you? In, in, does that surprise you in terms of you know that people are working in different ways? Are you surprised that we're seeing some unexpectedly positive things happening during a time of you know of crisis? Well. Look, not to put overly positive spin on things, but I do think that growth and learning can be a key element of any crisis uh, if we are supported to turn our attention and feel safe enough to reflect on what we can learn and how we can grow. So, no, I'm not at all surprised to hear you say that. And, um, you know, reflecting on the conversation that we've just had but that your listeners are just about to listen to, uh, you know, certainly everything that your educators are saying fits absolutely in line with what we know about children's brain development and children's needs. You know, it's no surprise children need predictability, they need security, they need connection, uh, and the changes that you've made at Northside have met those needs, like, in an astoundingly um 
you know, in an astounding way, really. So I'm not surprised at the benefits that um, your listeners are about to hear. Well, I'm really looking forward to everyone hearing it. Now, before we go then, I just want to give a couple of uh, intro things we wouldn't normally do. The The audio quality is a little variable. We've we've done this via um, video chat, which is how everyone's meeting these days. And, and we've been doing a lot of meetings that way. So the way this, this is kind of like you're getting to, to listen into like a team meeting. We often we often have it and also, which I think is fantastic. My view is the, the discussions and educators talking through practice is more important than the quality. It, it's perfectly listenable, but it may not be up to uh, our normal pre-recorded stuff. Um, and also there are a lot of people on this chat. We'll, we'll, we'll do a very quick round of, of, of introductions as we go around, but um, we have six amazing educators and directors uh, on this chat. So um, my suggestion is just listen in, don't worry too much if you've forgotten everyone's names, but um, Beth does a great job throughout of sort of uh, throwing to particular people. So um, you get the joy of listening to them like I do most days as well. But um, without further ado, we're gonna, we're gonna throw over to uh, Beth facilitating this wonderful discussion. <laughs> Hello, I'm Abdio Orisakwe. I'm from Civic. I'm team uh, leader in Nazri One. Uh, I'm Nazish. I am an assistant director and an early childhood teacher at Civic Early Childhood Centers. I am working with Civic for more than four or five years and I'm really enjoying working with Northside. I'm Mel and I'm the director of Urana Early Childhood Center. My name's Claire and I'm the Centre Director of Majura Early Childhood Centre. I'm Abby, Team Leader in Preschool Harrison. And I'm Lauren, I'm the Assistant Director and the Nursery Team Leader at Harrison Early Childhood Centre. Yeah. So during, um, I guess, the COVID-19 period, we started implementing some rather significant changes into our practices. Um, one of the most significant would be our changes to our drop-offs and our pickups at all of the Northside services. So instead of families bringing their children into the centre as they would do normally and educators welcoming them inside the classrooms, families were dropping off their children and are still currently dropping off their children outside all of our centres. So I guess it's happening a little bit differently in every different service, but generally it's educators are welcoming the children outside and then taking them into the classrooms, which is a pretty um, significant change from our normal practices. So Claire, tell me a little bit about what specifically happens at the drop-off then. You said the educators are outside, the children are welcomed outside. Paint a picture for me of what happens uh, at Majura. So what's happening at Majura every morning is we try as best we can to have a familiar educator from each child's classroom outside the centre or in the foyer. Um, so they're welcomed by someone that they feel comfortable with. Um, so that educator is going outside, talking to the family and to the child, helping the child with some of our extra practices we have in place at the moment, so sanitising hands, taking off shoes. We try to do that um, in the most relaxed way possible and trying to make sure it's not hurried and rushed for the child. So sometimes we'll be spending you know, a good 10, 15 minutes outside the centre and for other children it might be quite a quick process. We just go off how each child is responding um, mm -hmm. and then that educator takes the child inside to their classroom and helps them to put their belongings away and settle in for the day. Brilliant thanks. I'll just check in with you uh, Nazish at Civic is that the same or is there any differences in how you're doing things at Civic? 
Um, it's almost the same. Uh, means um, parents come in the drop of the children's and we try to make sure that they are familiar educators uh, to receive the children and we help uh, to talk to the families, educators welcome the families and then um, uh, we assist them uh, in taking the issues of sanitizing their hands and anything the parents need help and then we bring the children inside the foyer and they're the educators uh, who take them to the, their rooms as well. So it's almost the same that Claire has just mentioned. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. Okay, thank you. And what about for you, Lauren? Is there any differences at Harrison? Yeah, so we sort of have similar things, um, except that our so our, our preschool preschool children go straight to their preschool gate. Um, the nursery children come to their gate, and the toddlers actually go through the front door. Okay, all right. But it's similar in that. Uh, there's a, a familiar spot, there's a familiar yeah. educator, and then there's a structured routine to transition into the classroom. Yes. Okay, brilliant. Okay, so I've got like I've got clarity around what you're doing differently. What I'm curious about is what benefits have you seen or noticed? Mel and Claire, I might throw to you. I might start with you. What benefits have you seen? I think one of the main things that we have noticed during this time and we were quite surprised by is how smoothly drop-offs are going every morning. We find that there's been a huge difference in the way children are saying goodbye to their families every morning. We have some children at our centre who do find that really difficult normally saying goodbye in the classroom. Mm -hmm. um, although they may be quite settled and secure during the day, it's that saying goodbye time which they find quite difficult. Mm -hmm. And we've noticed that those children and a lot of those children are nursery age children, um, you know, drag their, their bag up to the door and start waving goodbye to their families and their families are always really surprised at how keen they are to get into the centre and they wave goodbye and they just toddle into their classroom, you know, carrying their bag. And um, we've noticed that children are a lot more enthusiastic to say goodbye to their families and happily walk into their classroom. Wow. That's big. Massive. Yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. amazing. What about for you, Abby and Azish at Civic? What benefits have you seen? Um, do you want to say, Abby? You can say. Okay, like uh, Laura said, um, when this um, new operation um, started, I was thinking of how the children are going to cope with this. But um, at, the, at the first week, it was just like a magic. The children, they were so excited at the door to come in. Even sometimes they don't really say goodbye to their parents. They would just rush inside. Everything was just like a magic, you know. And the children, they were able to stabilize, as in they were not crying. They will, they are looking forward to go inside to play with the their peers. And uh, it was so great. Wow. Yeah. I think a lot of um, skills I think children are learning during this drop off time as well. Mm -hmm. uh, they are getting more independent. And um, to, as soon as they, uh, they see the gate, they start taking their shoes off by themselves. And if you off offer them for help, they say, no, no, I can do it myself. This is I'm talking about the toddlers and the preschool age group. And uh, they just sanitize their hands, even we don't encourage them. So it is also adding the health and safety hygiene for them. Mm. And I think children agencies have been promoted. They work mm. along with They take their time and space at the foyer. And once they are ready, they start walking to us. Children have uh, 
show also uh, their skills have improved to build their connections with variety of the educators because if I'm on the door. So before that, as a team I leader, I feel that nursery children and nursery one and toddlers, that means they want their familiar educators. But if even I'm at the door, I was surprised for the first day. All the nursery children are responding towards me. All the nursery two children are responding towards me, and it helped me to build a very strong connections during inside when, when they're in their rooms mm. as approach them they just come to me when they are unsettled they come to me wow so agencies children independence children's confidence and children's self-help skills children health and hygiene everything is turned out to be a positive side during this new drop wow times. that's amazing and that's I, really amazing i think yeah. another thing in uh, civic early learning center is um uh, the fact that the children they feel valued uh, more especially uh, during pickups, um, one of the children that have their uh, her parent here as an educator once told the mother that please don't pick me up. I want you to go outside, then an educator to come inside to pick me, like every other children. They just want to be. They just want to see educator coming to them. Your parents are waiting uh -huh. for. You come outside to see their parents. So ah. they value, they have that sense of belonging, you know, yeah. they have sense of belonging and uh, safety. Uh, like in civic, um, some of the children that have their, their siblings in the center, what they do, the older ones, like the ones in preschool, during the pickup, if you tell them your, your mom is here, they'll go to the room, they don't want educators to help them. They will quickly go to their box, get their lunch box, get their bags, and they will rush out and go and pick their little brother or sister. Wow. They, will, they are ready. Yeah. They will hold them and go to their parents. Wow. They, 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 yeah, they look after their, their, their sisters and brothers very well. Wow. You know, they want to go outside with them, and they are so excited to meet their parents outside. That's amazing. Thank you. Thanks, Abby. What about at Harrison, Lauren and Abby? Yeah, so um, in preschool, um, I think we started learning about the brain yeah. uh, a few months ago in the brain states. Yeah. So I think this assisted the children in understanding and identifying their emotions. Yeah. And children um, were more resilient. Um, they were able to work through the challenges and um, cope with the stress of all the changes that's been happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. This helped the preschool children um, um, navigate through the stressful situations, like the changes in daily rituals. Um, changes in the rituals. Okay. So uh, can I clarify, are you saying um, when we're talking, sorry to interrupt you there, but when we're talking about the drop-offs, are you saying that because you had already started doing some programming work with the children to understand their internal states, so that is to understand them when they're scared or to understand when they're feeling, you know, ready to learn, those kinds of internal states, because you'd already done that work with them, you had a language to be able to, and they had a language to be able to communicate with you what was happening for them and that eased the transition. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, now they can easily say, oh, I am sad. My brain, yes. is, my brain is like this. Yeah. And then um, 
some of them they even um, suggest like oh abby you should help her her brain is like this uh you have to put it back to like that okay executive state so it's yeah yeah it's the language as well so yeah um whenever we get them from the gate yes in preschool room yeah it's easier for them to um to come to us because of the connections we have with them as well. Yeah, okay, brilliant. Okay, so you're finding that the connections obviously that you're building within throughout the day because of this work you're doing with the children is, mm -hmm. is helping ease and smooth the transition. Yeah, I think so. Okay, thanks, Abby. And okay. Lauren, what benefits are you noticing of this shift in uh, routine? What benefits have you seen for children and families? Um, I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I haven't seen a massive change in how children feel welcomed into the centre. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen, we haven't seen more or less children upset during that time. Um, I know the children do enjoy like going down to their room and coming back as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, some of like Emma from our toddler room and I have had a discussion the other day we feel a bit more disconnected from parents and like we feel parents feel much more disconnected from us. Right, okay. Just not able to come into the centre and look what's going on and have that. It's almost like if you're stuck outside, you feel like you don't, you, you don't want, you can't have those really nice long conversations. Okay, yeah. Um. So if anything, we feel like for the children, it's, I don't think it's been any different. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Okay. So in some instances in your centre, there have been benefits and in other instances, there might have been some small downsides. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. So what I'm wanting to do now then is for those where there have been benefits, I want to unpack what do you think is at the source of that? Yeah. Um, where might we start? We might start with Mel and Claire again. You were talking about how things were going more smoothly. There, uh, for your children, been a very big difference in the goodbyes. Children who usually struggle are now dragging their bags to the door, eager to get in. What do you think has been the difference? Um, I think autonomy plays a really big role mm -hmm. here. Um, speaking with one of the families um, of a child in our nursery classroom. She was saying to me how this time has been amazing for their family because they're feeling a lot more at ease in the morning when their child is is really happy to leave. And she said to me, I think it's because she's making the choice to leave me, not me leaving her. Mm -hmm. So the child is deciding, okay, I'm ready to say goodbye to you and making that choice to walk into the classroom. Mm -hmm. And we all know that children respond really well to, you know, being able to make choices in matters that yeah, affect them. And this means definitely. that children are, are going, okay, I'm ready to leave you now. Whereas, yeah. you know, normally it's the it's the family member going, okay, so sorry, but I have to leave now. Um, so we've noticed that a lot of children are being able to make those decisions and that's been um, a significant um, factor in them being able to say goodbye to their families really calmly mm. when they're ready um, I also think sort of how we're engaging with children during this time is different too. Like I know that the educators in our classrooms try their very best every morning um, in our normal drop-off in the classroom of trying to give every child one-on-one -on -one attention when they arrive in the morning, but there's lots of distractions and factors and 
um, things that are happening in the classroom. Whereas right now, um, from where my office is situated, I can see all the educators greeting children in the mornings, even if I'm not out there. And it's this one-on-one -on -one interaction where the educator crouches down in front of their child, gets down to their level, is able to just engage with that child and their family member for quite a while, you know, as long as the child needs. Um, mm. without any distractions or other mm. children or families or educators. Um, so I think that without us even realising, we're probably a little bit more focused on yeah. the children. As much as yeah. we try in a normal environment, it's it's always a little bit it's a structure tricky. that's it, it's a structure that's supporting your educators, freeing them up a little bit to be fully present. Yeah. where their attention is not being, dra you know, dragged between different places. Their attention can be fully on the child and the family that is in front of them in that moment. Yeah, and I think maybe, um, I know Mel and I have been talking about this recently, about maybe sort of subconsciously too, because we are aware that children are going through a massive transitional period at the moment, maybe subconsciously where engaging differently maybe we're trying to really make sure we're meeting all of those needs right we yeah do that normally but I think we're all sort of hyper aware at the moment yeah. that children need more support than ever yeah that Mel Mel um, did you want to add to that um I've been at another Northside Centre the last couple of days and the way they um have been greeting children is very similar to Madura and um, I've seen them they'll have a educator from each room stays out the front to greet families as they come in um, and same thing children who have um, been um, previously it's been hard to separate have mm. been um, really wanting to come and they, again I think it's because those educators that in the morning that's their focus is greeting families yeah. and then um, going through another educator helps them to get into their classroom. Um, so, yeah, that job is just to greet families so yeah. they're present um, and, not, and really in their executive state not worrying about the 500 other things that yeah. we have on our minds. So when we're talking about executive state, we mean that they're calm, relaxed, open and present, yeah, yeah. rather than distracted or worried. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll come back to you, um, Claire and Mel, in a minute. But Nazish and Abby, um, how do you understand these benefits that you're seeing? What do you think has been the difference or made the difference for the children? I think it's almost the same, we just uh, Claire has mentioned. So we have the same feelings that um, if we are giving, if we, educators are at the front and the families and children's come, so we are not distracted by anything. That educators is just these moments are for that particular family and that for a particular child. And I think in this way, the families and the children both feel very valued yeah very valued and i can see the excitement on the children faces how how forwardly looking forward they are coming to come inside the building yeah and i can see the means uh, parents are calling them give me a goodbye kiss say me bye and children said bye and children just hardly running inside the classroom and then the finally parents said please don't embarrass me <laughs> <laughs> 
embarrass me. Where is my goodbye kiss? And the child runs away inside. <laughs> so this was so wow. wonderful moments. If mm. I think there is so many wonderful moments we can see. And um, it, uh, I, I'm just telling you that every child is feel valued mm. and looking forward to come to the civic. This is the biggest thing I have seen. Separation mm. and anxiety for the nursery one and the nursery two children were really hard when we are in their, in their rooms. But right now, I think the, the yeah. separation, we hardly face, the face any episode of separation anxiety during this whole wow. period. Wow, that's extraordinary. And that's extraordinary because you would expect completely the opposite, wouldn't you? You yeah. would expect more separation anxiety because, um, because, you know, everybody's more anxious, right? Yeah. Okay. A Abby, did you want to add to that? Um, another thing I want to say is about um, pickups in the evening. Um, I feel the children, um, our children are learning to take turn. Like when the when you come and announce that your mom is going, your mom is here, you know, the child will just go. The other child will say, um, my mom will come later, you know. Yeah. They, they, they are not sad about it that their parents are not here yet but they are just waiting for their mom. Sometimes you see preschoolers, they will tell, tell them, my mom will soon be here. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they All are right. talking about it. That's interesting. So there's, it's kind of like heightening a little bit of predictability or something. The children are able to tolerate that having to wait for their parents in the afternoon because they're feeling more confident uh, yeah. that their parent might be the next one, or if not then, then the one after. That's interesting. Okay, all right, Lauren and um, Lauren and Abby. So you've had some slightly different experiences, but tell me for the bit where you have seen benefits, what do you put those benefits down to? Um, probably the same. I think it's more that educators are more are more aware. Again, exactly what everyone's been saying that they're more aware of what's going on outside the centre, so they might be a little bit more. Um, present and available with children at this time. Yeah. 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 And yeah. what about for you, Abby? Yeah, it's um, yeah similar to what Lauren said. Um, we make sure we're available for children. Because yep. We, yeah. All this happening. Okay. All right. So I'm going to hand back over to you all in a minute, but let me summarise what I hear you saying and and I guess add a couple of observations and you can tell me if you think I'm on track with those or not I think um as an outsider what I'm hearing is that you've what you're offering children now which is not necessarily different than what you're doing before but perhaps more like more intensely is you're offering children attention you're offering them connection and you're offering them it in a way that is really kind of like really ritualized you know the washing of the hands the taking off the shoes there's a super clear ritual that everybody follows um and it's super predictable so those are some elements that i'm seeing and what i'm hearing you say or i think i'm hearing you say is that as a result of that as a result of that attention that presence and that really explicit connection moment 
that is being facilitated by this new structure. Children, in my words, of course, I would say are feeling super safe and super welcomed and really connected. And it's that experience that is facilitating and easing the transition to the rooms. Is that, What do you think about that? Have I summarised what you're saying or do you think, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I think it's almost the same which you have just mentioned that uh, children's are it means um, uh, valued, and um, they just uh, that that particular time is definitely they feel it that that's only mm. for them and that yeah is that's only for them. Yeah, and, uh, um, I don't think so. I think the it's uh, a lot of communication because that particular time parents are prepared okay the as soon as the educator will come we will talk to them and educator is also pre uh, prepared in advance to how to talk to this family what are how the child has the day has been and uh, that particular moments gives a lot even a small but it gives a very in-depth and detailed communication mm. between the, the family that's what oh, that's think. interesting yes it's a very because that particular moment you only talk about that child and you that fa that family they yeah also in, in unintentionally they are ready that as soon the door will open educator will come i think in that although the time period is just I, we can't say that's all day where they can come and stay in the room but in that short time period we both are prepared to talk about that particular uh, child and the family so yeah. that's happened so beautifully and in a very mm. precise way here at civic okay so great so it's not just the children who are having that felt sense of being valued through your undivided attention, but it's also the parents. Definitely, definitely. And, that, and children are witnessing that too. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay, all right. What about you, Mel or Claire or um, Abby or Lauren? Have you got anything in response to what we've been saying so far? Um, just when Nizish was talking, I just realised that I've noticed across some of the centres that um, the communication between educators is um, more thorough as well. And I think that might be because um, the educator who's greeting the family is really mindful that other educators haven't been there for that conversation and so don't have their information. So I'm seeing lots of really professional interactions between educators um, during these transition times as well mm, that's really interesting so there's a lot more kind of clarity and transparency everything's just kind of much clearer and neater yeah in the sense all right um so <clears throat> just a little bit of a side question i know some of your services did a a uh, social story for children introducing these new changes um that was you at Majura, is that right? And I'm not sure if the other services yeah. also did it. Uh, Claire, do you want to talk about that social story? Because I think it's interesting, you know, how these change, because I'm imagining you all approached it with a little bit of anxiety, a little bit like, oh, my God, this is so different. How is everybody going to cope? Um, I'm interested in how you set that up for success with the children and what impact you think that had. Well, at Majura, and I think I'm sure the other centres would probably say the same thing, our numbers of children dropped off really rapidly. You know, one week we seemed to have sort of our normal numbers of children and then it seemed to only be within a day or two that there were barely any children within the centre during sort of the height of this time. Um, of course, children find that really confusing and we were having a lot of conversations with children, particularly our preschool 
age children, but in all of our classrooms about why their peers were weren't at the centre. Um, Jess, our preschool teacher, um, was having a lot of these conversations with children. So she started um, talking to the children about how maybe we could make a book to explain to all of your friends who are away at the moment when they return some of the changes because we were discussing how when a lot of the other children were going to return to the centre that things were going to be quite different. They're going to be taking their shoes off and saying goodbye at the door and all of those other changes. So they worked together to create a book, which the children decided to name Madura is Cool. No influence of me. And they um, did all the illustrations. Jess sort of scribed what they wanted to write on each page. It sort of detailed all the different steps, these rituals that we were discussing. So when we arrive at Madura, we sanitise our hands, we take our shoes off at the door, we say goodbye to our families. The children were really worried about putting in what we would do if there was a thunderstorm. So they said we go undercover to take our shoes off if there's a thunderstorm. They were very thorough in, in their story. Um, and this publication has been incredibly useful because every family that's contacted me about returning to the centre with their child, I've been able to email them a copy of this book and say I think it's really important that you read this story with your child before they return. Um, we've been sending that to families from all of our classrooms. Um, and for a lot of families, I've communicated that that's been really helpful. We've been really clear with families that preparation is key here. Yeah. There are some massive changes to their normal rituals at the centre and um, we believe that children need to be adequately prepared for this. So we've been really firm about you need to discuss these changes with your children and this book is a really great way to do mm. so. Yeah. There's a lot to learn from that, you know, maybe that's time for another conversation. But, you know, how do we build resilience? I mean, resilience is a word that's just bandied around too much, in my opinion. But, you know, I think this is a really nice example of how do you build resilience in a sense. It's like, this is a change, this is difficult, but these adults have got this and we are going to help you understand the change. You can handle this, you can cope with it. We're, we're walking beside you every step of the way and we're helping you prepare for this change. And look, you know, you've got it. I think that's just a really nice... Yeah, there's so many different elements to that. Um, all right, so what I want to do is I want to uh, give you one last, uh, well, it's plenty of time, but, you know, I want to give you another opportunity if you've got any additional reflections on um, how you understand the benefits that you're seeing, if anybody has a final word on that. And then I want to talk about what implications do you think this has you know, what implications does this have, you know, post-COVID for drop-offs? What can we learn from this experience in the long term? So just to summarise then, what you've been saying is you feel that children have more autonomy, more of a sense of choice uh, in the process. Uh, and autonomy, we know, uh, uh, and that sense of choice um, really helps children feel more empowered and be in a more calm, ready-to-learn state. Uh, you've said that a really key element has been the um, undivided attention where educators have been really present and available and that's helped children and parents feel really valued and you've got that that strong moment of connection at the get-go both with the family and with the children so they're you know the language I might use is their emotional cup is being really really uh, filled up if you like and educators are being really freed up to be able to really offer those connections uh, at the beginning um, 
you've said that uh, there's clearer communication between educators because this is such a strong and clear structure. But you've also said, and I guess these are my words that I'm bringing into it, that there is there's a, a ritual element. It's super predictable. It's super clear what's expected, what's going to happen when, so that that in my words, I would say is really creating a sense of safety for children and that ritual and, and, and clear, um, yeah, the clarity of that ritual there. Uh, so I think the other thing I would add is the predictability. That's the word I was looking for, that it's like super predictable. All right, so that's what you've said uh, you feel, oh, yeah, that's what you said you feel is the source of the benefits. I guess I'm um, curious to know what you think this means for um, the future. What can you learn from this uh, post-COVID, do you think? How do you think this might inform your practices in the future, your drop-off and pick-up practices? If I look um, as, um, as a new practice and if it would be my options, I will definitely go along with this, this drop-in of pick-up time. It's good not only uh, for the children's and the families. I have shown you all the benefits that the children are getting and the families are getting, but also for the educators as well. It means um, educators are also feeling uh, very uh, means uh, uh, confident uh, and about their work and everything. And the relationship between them has improved. They talk with each other, a, prof a lot of professional communications, and uh, they just came to know what's happening in the other's room, what's happening overall at the centers. And uh, it's also good for their professional development as well. I think everyone got a chance to come and to talk to the families individually. So mm. I think this is the best practices. If, mm. if I have a chance, we will definitely go with this sort of uh, drop up and pickups in the so you might so you might modify this in some way but keep the the strong elements of the structure yes okay thanks um abby did you want to add anything to that mm, i totally agree with uh what nazish said um i think um is if we continue with it is going to help the children um to be more confident even the new ones because um I've realized that even the new ones that have been coming for um, orientation, you know, when they come and see how confident the other children have been, you know, they try to join with them, you know, mm. they, they rush out with them to like enter the room and they, they are going to be so confident, you know. And um, another thing is that um, it's going to support the children to, um, to learn a lot of things um, like um, in preschool, I could remember a child in preschool that is um, whenever he's dropped off, the mother waits for him outside to go grab his shoes, his inside shoes, you know, he will sit down to learn how to wear his shoes, correct? Mm. You know, and other children are just watching him do that and like other children would just copy from him to like learn how to wear their shoes correctly in front of their parents mm. yeah and when they go inside they talk about it i've learned to do this they are confident they are happy that they learned from what this person is doing you know about the separation when the separation anxiety have reduced you be honest uh, when the children's come and they cry so one educator might have 15 minutes 20 minutes even half an hour and sometime an hour as well to settle that child yeah 
and I think it uh, when the child comes happily and excitedly this during these practices and the drop and pick up time, so children's just ready to learn. They're, they're ready, to, ready learn. to learn. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they are emotionally settled, they are calm, they're ready to learn, they come, they, activities are set up for them, they start engaged and educators wow. start engaging with them. Yeah. So this is uh, this is a lot of uh, good for the children, but a lot of less work for the educators as well. <laughs> Everybody's happy. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. I can see. Yeah, yeah, they just come so happily and excitedly and you mean the hours and uh, 15 minutes and 20 minutes which you spend a child before to settle them down. Yeah. Because their parents come inside, then they stay with that time period. They walk in, then they take their shoes off, then they put their lunchbox. So the children might have a feeling, okay, they can stay a little bit more longer as well. Yeah. And your perspective, you know, circle of security. Okay, if I if I ask them to stay for ten or fifteen minutes longer, they can stay. But the parents have to go to their work as well. So sometimes they have to leave an unsettled child with us as well. But during this way, as separation anxiety has reduced, children are more calm, more settled. It's it's working very well for the educators as well. The children yeah. are ready to learn, and educators are ready to uh, teach them as well. Fantastic! Thanks, thanks, Abby. Thanks, Nazish. Lauren and Abby at Harrison, do you have any thoughts about where to from here, or implications for the learning that we might take from this into the future? Um, I think for educators, it'll be the really big importance of always being present. Um, yeah as we are now um and the benefits of that yeah yeah and yeah. i think you know i think that's helpful lauren because I, i'm thinking about whoever might be listening to this and there'll be a lot of people from services who you know aren't doing this particular structure of the welcome but then the the question for them is what do we need to do in our rooms so that there is someone who is present and engaged and welcoming children at all times that drop yeah. off and, and pick up. Yeah. Um, how, you know, what changes and what, what's needed to create that and allow educators to be super welcome and present. And yeah. that's a lot of team communications, a lot of thinking, there's a lot of planning. But I think you're all clearly, you know, clearly illustrating the benefits for children and educators of creating a structure that allows that presence and that connection every single day for every single child. Yeah. And what about for you, Abby, would, uh, at Harrison, would you add anything in terms of uh, learnings or thoughts about implications of this for future? Yeah. Um, so I think um, during the drop-offs, it's um, easier for both the parents, the children and the educator, especially yep. when um, all of us are there to welcome them. So um, some children are more connected to other educators. So if we're all there to welcome them, it's easier for everybody. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. The only thing that we found a bit challenging is the pickup time. Yeah. Because so uh, as we have many children, um, sometimes they all come at the same time, the parents, yeah. and they're all standing at the gate. Um, yeah. Yeah, we just find it um, a bit um, difficult to speak to each parent without the other parent listening. Yeah. Yeah, they're all there waiting. And sometimes we tend to, to um, hurry the children, like, oh, get your stuff, put your shoes, get your bag, something like that. Even yeah. if we get them ready, like maybe after rest time, we get all the bags ready. It's still a bit um, challenging as they, like in preschool, they go um, at the gate. But we have like 30 children now coming in 
like during the day. So some of them may be like six or seven parents already waiting. Yeah. So we feel a bit rushed. Yeah. Um, so pick up times. Yes. Yeah, so that's interesting. So that's the opposite of what's being experienced in the morning, and you're feeling the stress of feeling rushed and feeling like your attention is being divided. Yeah. Thanks, Abby. Mel and Claire, what are your thoughts in terms of learnings to take from this experience? Um, I think there's definitely something here. I think there's, I think it's really worth reflecting on our practices and, and thinking is what we're doing currently, you know, in our normal practice, is that the best way that we could be doing things? I think there's definitely um, some room for some reflection and some adjustment. I think what um, Abby at Harrison was just saying is definitely something that I feel too, that the pickup time is something that I would probably want to make some adjustments and reflect on that a little bit because it is a little bit harder than in the mornings. It's definitely like what Abby was saying, you do have an influx of a lot of families at one time and that does make it feel a bit more rushed in terms of not being able to communicate with families um, in the relaxed manner that you would like to normally communicate with families. But I would definitely be interested in looking at how we could make our drop-off times more similar to how they are currently. I think there's some huge benefits for children. Uh, yeah. And just because we've been doing something one way always doesn't mean that we need to do it forever. I think we need to be open to adjusting and um, reflecting on our practice. Yeah, I think that's helpful and I think that's helpful, like I say, for whoever is listening uh, at other centres, you know, how can they, whatever they take from this, how can they reflect on their welcome time when we've heard about the immense benefit for children and educators of that real structured present welcome, how can you take those principles and apply it to your particular room, your particular centre, your particular context? How can you apply those principles, even if it looks a little bit different? Yeah, absolutely. It's not a one size fits all. Yeah. Like what Lauren was saying, you know, something that I might find has worked really well at my centre, you know, she might feel that it didn't work as well at her centre and, it, you know, it's not going to be a one size fits all approach. Yeah. But I think um, something that I've learned is that we do need to maybe yeah just have a look at what we're doing and go is there something that we could be doing differently yeah um i think we fall into these routines where it's always been done in one particular way but you know we've got um so much evidence from this experience of what this change yeah mean for children and i think that it wouldn't be wise if we just ignored that and jumped straight back into our old ways of yeah of doing without sort of reflecting on could we make some adjustments? Yeah, that's helpful. You know, that's, Thanks, I would Claire. like to add something here at Civic. The yeah. pickup here at Civic is very beautiful. I think if you ask me, it's better than the drop-offs. If I have to make a comparison, oh, the, pick -up. the reason is that uh, we have a very uh, clear, and uh, as Liam has mentioned that in the email to the families, that if you're picking up early or bit late or any time, just let us know. So the center is open till six o'clock. So a lot of families who just want, they just come tell us and you need drop off time. I will be here at five. I will be here at 430. So we just have a very, very clear communication with the families regarding the pick, uh, pick up timings as well. So the child who is obviously we know that he's going to be picked up at five o'clock or 430 o'clock. So he just engage, he just carry on and, and on, the, on those activities. And uh, the children who are going to be picked up at four o'clock 
that means we are expecting more parents at that time rather than at 5.15 or 5.30 or 6 o'clock. So these children are around 3.30 and 3.45. One educator start reminding them, could you start organize your bags, your blanks and everything? So as soon as the parents uh, come and the one educator from the fire comes and lets the, someone parent is here, yeah. start gradually, uh, the child gradually gets his bag and start walking. Yeah. And when there will be two and three families together at the fire, so you can I can see the very good exchange of words among the families as well with the children as well. They're talking about their days and they're sharing stuff because they are the friends and their families. So here the pickup uh, time is also we are doing children and families are doing very good here at the Civic as well. And that speaks I, to Claire's. Oh, sorry, Abby. Oh, sorry, I think uh, what Nazish said um, is quite true because um, sometimes you see parents outside the compound, they we are just chatting, talking, they are just connecting together, you mm. know, they will, they have that time to, while talking, they wait for their children to come, um, they have that connection, you know. Mm. So, so, yeah, so that's a connecting moment between families and your service. Yeah. I have seen Brilliant. them organizing their play days, their birthday parties. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant. All right. So, our children sorry. were talking Arthur's dad and uh, Fiona's mom. I have this thing to. So, this is very beautiful when yeah, the yeah. families are interacting and children are interacting with each other and their families as well. I can I can hear the delight for all of you and it's different amongst different centers but the delights in seeing those connections between families with children and with families. Mel I'm going to give you the final word because I know as a director at Urana um, you've had some different things going on and I'm wondering um, if you have any thoughts about what you might take in terms of learning from this for your center. Um, well my centre is a very different context. Yes. Um, so my children often their pick up and drop offs are quite staggered. Um, so we do have the time to be with children and family. Right. Okay. Um, but in terms of because I have am privileged enough to spend time a lot of time at all the other centres um, when Urana isn't in operation. Um, I've been able to think about, well, I think one of the reasons drop-offs, I mean, sorry, pickups aren't as smooth as pickups is because it, it, there's people coming at the same time. So, um, educators aren't able to be as present as they uh, are in okay. the morning. So, I think there's something there too to reflect on um, one, depending on how long this goes for, reflect on how we can make that smoother, but also reflect on why pickups do work so well um, in our usual practices. Because Claire and I have been talking about maybe keeping drop-offs to out the front the way they are now, but pickups having families come in because often children, because it's so in, um, important for children to be able to build upon their learning and also to connect family as but home and the centre. Mm -hmm. Some there's often things that they want to show their parents. Yes, um, right. So there yeah. is that di disconnect there, whereas they can't see. Oh, look, my friends yeah, and I do this. So um, this is the painting we started today or we made a cubby house their parents can't 
see them engaging in those learning experiences. Um, but yeah, this to to be honest, when I was on leave when this happened and when I um found out that this was going to start, I was like, oh, this is going to be a disaster. I hope it doesn't happen for too long. Yeah. And it's not often that this happens, but I was wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, I have been across all centres, I've been pleasantly surprised that how, and we keep talking about how resilient the children are and how the children have responded to this, but I really want um, to highlight how professional, how professionally the educators have responded and how resilient the educators are because I think we need to remember too that educators are supporting children at a time that there's uncertainty for educators too this yeah. is a time that's really stressful for everyone and I think it's just a testament to all the Northside educators how they have been able to support children through this time yeah. when they are struggling as well yeah thanks that's a really beautiful uh, way to wrap up Mel so Thank you. So, Mel, Claire, Abby, Nazish, Lauren, and Abby, uh, thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for taking the time to share your wisdom and experience. I'm certain the listeners will have a lot to think about at the end of this session, and um, I, I'm sure that you really encourage listeners to to reflect on the benefit and the value of those welcoming rituals and those welcoming connection moments and and hopefully they can take some of your lessons and think about how to apply that in their context uh so thanks for taking the time to um share wisdom been a pleasure as always to spend time with you all no problem thank you thank you thank you You have been listening to the Early Education Show. You can find show notes and links for this episode and all our other episodes at earlyeducationshow.com. The show is hosted by Lisa Bryant, Leanne Gibbs, and Liam McNicholas, and produced by Liam McNicholas. The music is by Jazar at betterwithmusic.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show in the Apple Podcast Store. It really helps others find the show. Get in touch with us at Early Edu Show on Facebook and Twitter, or send us an email at earlyedushow at gmail.com. See you next time.